0: Welcome back to the Dig City Podcast with uh, Corey Palm and Dave Shondell, coach doing things a little bit differently this week. Uh, we've taken some heat from uh, public address announcer extraordinaire Carson Tucker for not having uh, this show on YouTube in recent weeks. So we're going back on YouTube specifically for Carson. And, uh, uh, you know, there's no way we can't do this show this week uh, coming off that big win at Penn State. that uh, that's, that's the lead story obviously for the Boilermakers, big four-set win at Rec Hall. Um, just uh, what, what did you take out of that match?
1: Well, um, number one, it was a nice win. I don't think it's the lead story. I think the lead story is we're playing Minnesota tomorrow, and they're really, really good, really talented. But we can go back and talk a little bit about uh, uh, the week past. Uh, Penn State's another really good team. They're in third place in the Big Ten and uh, um, have lots of talent. Uh, they were certainly they benefited from the transfer portal, picking up two all big 10 players, uh, to start, uh, things off with a team that's already got plenty of outstanding players. And uh, I, I, felt like we could match up with them. I thought going into that match, if our players would respond and not get too caught up in, in being at rec hall and, and playing Penn state, a, a team that we have not had great success against nobody has over the past 20 seasons that uh, I thought we'd have a shot. And the longer the match would go, the better our opportunities would be. And uh, our team competed. They settled in. Uh, First match – or the first set, excuse me. uh, We didn't play real well, made a lot of hitting errors. They made a lot of hitting errors. I think that they may hit about 080 in the match, and we were just underneath that. Um, But then both teams, I thought, got better as the match went on, and I thought it was a a good – a competitive contest, and uh, we won some two-point sets, and uh, three of them, I think, and that was enough to to get the W. Yeah, that's enough. You take uh, take W's, however, you
0: can when you're out there. I, you mentioned Monday at your press conference that uh, playing at at a place like Rec Hall, playing you know at a place like the the Devaney Center, playing some of these venues in the Big Ten, you don't know how the young kids are going to respond to seeing this place this crowd, this atmosphere in person, um, you've got a very young team, uh, particularly with, like you mentioned, you know, Chloe, having some history with you know, committing to Penn State and then, and then decommitting to, to come where, where we all think she belongs for sure. Uh, the way your young players responded to that atmosphere, uh, I mean, couldn't really have asked for more, right?
1: Uh, well, I think it's a statement about who our, our team is. I was just talking to our outstanding athletics director, Mike Babinski, uh, just a few minutes ago, and sharing with him what I've shared with some other people is this isn't an ordinary team. Um, very seldom do you have so many fierce competitors that show up every night, and uh, not just in matches, but in practice, to compete, to get better, to develop, uh, to make others around them play at a higher level. And so that's, that's the one thing we really have going for us. In my opinion, I, I I think Eva Hudson and Chloe Shaquine are playing as well as any two left side hitters on one team in the country, because they're on the floor hundred percent of the time. And they're doing so many things. Their arms are great. They compete hard. Um, they, They just do so many, so many positive things for our team, that that's a great building block. That's a great place to start. Uh, as you know, Raven Colvin is starting to play at a, at a really good level uh, defensively. I think she's been the defensive player of the week a couple of times in the last three weeks. Her offensive numbers are starting to, to go up at the, at the pace that I thought that she would once she got acclimated with our new setting situation. Lourdes Myers in practice and even in matches, but certainly in practice, is um, maybe as improved of a player as we have in our gym. And um, you know, Skimmerhorn had a great practice last night. Um, and you know we kind of take for granted the fact that she's one of the best passers in the country. And we want more. We want her to get better here and get better there. But at the end of the day, the liberos' number one job is to, is to pass the ball, put the, put the setter in a position to she can run the show and then um, you know play great defense and compete, and be a great teammate. and we're trying to get her serve even tougher. Right now, one of the things we worked on last night was doing some things different with her serve to, to expand you know what she can do for us. But we just got a lot of really good players right now that know how to compete and are doing a good job of leading, and um, it, it's fun to watch as a coach.
0: For sure, I wanted to uh, definitely wanted to mention the the serve receive at Penn State. The Nittany Lions came in averaging over three aces uh, per match on the season, a very successful season for them, and and that's a pretty good number. They had zero. Uh, aces against your your defense on Sunday, and I mean, like you've said, it all starts with the serve. Obviously, but you know that's the beginning of good offense. That's the beginning of a good uh, good defense is a serve. The beginning of good offense is a good pass.
1: Yeah, well, and, and I go back, you know, uh, my younger brother John Shondell, who was you know resigned recently. He was um, the staple behind that that passing. Uh, he, he worked religiously with our, with our players, uh, to develop that. So when you look at Skimmer Horn and you look at, you know, Eva Hudson, you look at Allie Horning, you know, they spent a lot of time in that gym passing and passing and passing, doing footwork, uh, you know, doing a lot of different things fundamentally to get to this point. So, um, you know, we're, we're benefiting from a lot of that training, but at the same time, um, you know, now we're doing some things a little bit differently, and um and i think those things are also being fairly effective and um, a lot more just competition in the gym right now a lot of just going back and forth and, and making people accountable and trying to compete as hard as we can because that's what this team does but yeah i mean i i think that when you can put three or four five people um obviously emily brown came in and. I thought, saved the day a little bit for us with the way that she played against Penn State. So you have several people that are, are solid back there passing, and you don't go very far in, in this sport without that kind of consistency, uh, you know, passing serve.
0: To be able to have that kind of depth and, and to be able to use that kind of depth in matches is huge and, and leads to, to really good success, obviously, um, in the Big Ten. You guys now 13-6 and six overall, 7-3 and, and and alone in fourth place. In the conference, that's that's a good place to be uh, at the midway mark. Uh, a game behind Penn State, which is fine uh, at this at this moment. You you have them again coming up in a couple weeks, so uh, so some chances to to make further inroads on the top three. Uh, like you said, Minnesota coming to town tomorrow. That is the the key focus right now, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the Gophers. Um, they're as hot as anybody in the big 10 right now, four straight wins for Minnesota. Uh, what have you seen so far from them on tape?
1: Well, they may not be as hot as Nebraska, who's won. Uh, Fair. <laughs> I think their first 10 in the big 10, but um, I think that they recover Minnesota. Uh, as many people know, Keegan Cook is the new coach replaced Huma McCutcheon, who was an outstanding um coach at, at Minnesota for quite a while. And Keegan was at Washington where he had f- tremendous success uh, with the Huskies in the Pac-12 and uh, made the jump from one conference to the other. And, uh, you know, it, it just, it's not as easy as it sounds to have everything running like clockwork in the, in your first uh, Big Ten season. But he has one, they have one four in a row. Um, they had a tough road trip out East uh, a few weeks ago that, you know, got a lot of attention. But they've also beaten Oregon. Um, they've beaten. They've really beaten a couple of really, really good teams, including Oregon. And so you have to look at what they're capable of doing. And they return the Big Ten Player of the Year from last year, Taylor Landfair, who's six foot five and is just a monster of a player. They have the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year that transferred from Ohio State and Kylie Murr. They have a two-time All Big Ten Setter in Shaftmaster, who's six foot three and seems like she's been there for longer than you know four or five years. Uh, they have an outside hitter named Wooker that uh, played on one of the USA teams that both Chloe and Eva played on, and has a, a rocket of an arm. Uh, transfer from Cal named Grody or Grote that uh, was All Pac-12 um, at Cal, uh, Berkeley. So they've got a lot of really, really good players and we're going to have to play as well as we can play on our home court to be able to, um, to beat this team because they they've just got a lot of quality players and, um, they'll, they'll be ready to play They're back. They put their back up against the wall a little bit. And sometimes you think that's a bad thing, but, um, it, it can certainly bring out the best in a team and, and we have to be prepared for that. That's for
0: sure. I know the, the thinking with Minnesota is, has been some conversations I've had at some point, you know, at some point, everything is going to click together for this team. You think it, it kind of has to, um, you, you just kind of hope uh, every opponent in the big 10 hopes that it's not tonight against us that everything clicks. And, uh, and certainly, you know, this team, I know you said, uh, your team is, is not scared of anyone. Um, Minnesota can bring their a game and, and your team's going to hit the boards, uh, knowing they can confident they can win.
1: Well, I, I think so. Um, you know, we'll find out when when the rubber hits the road on Thursday night in Holloway Gym. We're gonna have to we'll have to play very well. Yeah. Um, and you know, both in this league, everybody's always prepared for each other. You know, you've you've had a lot of matches to watch on tape, and and each team is pretty much who they are. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I think that we are progressing nicely um, as a team, and I like the way that this group. You know operates with each other there there seems to be no love lost between any of them i mean i think they they really appreciate the fact that they they get a chance to compete at this level and everybody wants to play but those that are not playing are supporting those that are playing and, and vice versa so it's a good situation
0: that's excellent uh, that is a seven o'clock start tomorrow night in holloway gymnasium mm-hmm. Live on the Big Ten Network, um, if you can't make it out, if you don't already have your tickets, uh, be sure to uh, don't miss that one. We're going to take a break, Coach. When we come back, we will how, about- how do you get a
1: ticket uh, at this point for that match? Uh, you
0: you beg the head coach for uh, anything <laughs> that you might have laying around all, office.
1: The head coach is all out of tickets right now. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, it it so should be a great crowd. It's, it's a rare Thursday night uh, yeah. affair in Holloway, Gym, so I'm eager to see what that means for our students and our, our community. But – my goodness, we, we have to have our best crowd of the year in here on Thursday night for that match.
0: Absolutely. We're going to talk about that Thursday-Saturday schedule you've got uh, after the break. We're going to also touch on the Illini a little bit, road trip to Champaign, and, and a few other fun things to, to discuss after the break. Dig City Podcast is presented by Franciscan Health Sports Medicine, inspiring health. Franciscan is the official medical services provider of Purdue Athletics. Now back to the show. All right, Coach. Uh, after after the Minnesota game on Thursday, you head to Champaign to wrap up the season series against Illinois, who've also won three in a row. Um, the, the Fighting Illini uh, present an interesting set of challenges. It's a team you've seen head to head. It's a it's a team you've seen uh, you know up close, thanks to that non conference weekend that we had. Um, just uh, what are your your thoughts at this point on the Fighting Illini?
1: Well, they're a team that during the 20 and a half seasons I've been in the Big Ten, uh, we're probably dead even with. You know, it's just been that kind of a rivalry where Illinois has had good program, good, good teams, good coaches, good players. And this year really is not any different. Uh, Raina Terry may be the, the hardest player in the league to slow down, uh, about six foot three and a half left side hitter. That's a great server a great offensive player, tremendous blocker. So you start there. Their their middles have gotten much better. Um, they're good in that position. Uh, they've got a, a setter that I think is making really nice progress and has also unleashed a jump serve, jump top spin serve. That's made things difficult for opponents. Um, the fact that we beat them over here, will only have them fired up. Uh, more when we when we visit Huff Hall. So I I know that's, you know, that's down the road a little bit after Minnesota, but uh, our staff is certainly, you know, looking at Illinois, and and we're going to be as ready as we can be for the for the Illini, because we know that uh, it's kind of like it's not quite the same as Indiana, uh, as far as arrival is concerned, but it's the next closest thing.
0: Absolutely. And it's the quickest, uh, a quick or a quicker turnaround, I should say, than, than you've had. You've been on this Wednesday-Saturday, Wednesday-Sunday schedule. Now it's a Thursday-Saturday, uh, you know, one day in between instead of two or three. Uh, it, that's a little bit more traditional, so it's not unusual, even though Thursday-Saturday might be a little different than the Friday-Sunday. But just having going back to that one day in between, including travel, uh, does that present any sort of a challenge at this point in the season?
1: No, uh, as you know, Corey, it used to be Friday, Saturday. Yeah, and and we got used to that. You know, nobody was using excuses for not being prepared when you played on Friday and Saturday, and it was extremely difficult to do uh, in this league. So to have the Thursday, Saturday with one day in between, and you're playing a team that you you've already played once this season, um, and they they don't have they haven't made a lot of changes as far as personnel is concerned since we played them last. I think they're, they're pretty much playing the same same group of people. Um, So I, I I don't think that, you know, we have to reinvent the wheel uh, with, with how to go about trying to beat them. Um, I I prefer having more time. I think it's been great. You know, what we've experienced so far this season, number one, your players, it benefits your players to have that kind of opportunity to, to, Rest, recover, uh, emotionally and physically. Prepare for whoever is next. And uh, but I think we'll have ample time to do that. Uh, playing here at home on Thursday, and then making the hour and forty-minute trip over to Champaign on Saturday. Well, we'll do it on Friday, but we play them on Saturday. Certainly helps that that drop.
0: It is a less than a two-hour drive across, rather than having to go to the airport and you know get on a get on a plane somewhere, settle in. Um, One interesting thing, we've talked about the Big Ten a little bit last week. Um, One thing we failed to note last week was what a great weekend of volleyball action it was. Every weekend's great, but last week in particular, you had one number one in the Big Ten standings playing the team they were tied, one and two basically, playing Mm -hmm. in Nebraska, and then three and four playing at Penn State to have the top four head-to-head both on national television, both with, you know, pretty prime spots uh, on a national spotlight, just volleyball continues to uh, to be getting a lot of national attention. And it's it's just one more uh, sort of feather in the cap for the sport.
1: Well, I I give so much credit to the Big Ten Conference, Um, the, the administrators, the organizers that have allowed volleyball to flourish they have not put any cap on what volleyball can do. And that's what so many people were doing for so long was that, you know, volleyball was a, as my dad used to say, a hit and giggle sport was what people used to refer to it as. And I think anybody that watches women's volleyball now, and it's hard not to watch it because it's on so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you get on tonight and you have the opportunity on your TV to have a streaming app, you're going to see volleyball all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it's been the best thing for our sport because lots of fans, lots of sports fans that were not familiar with the game are now, you know, watching it and they're understanding it and learning more about it. And, uh, it, it's been the best time the last four or five years for our sport. And in particular, the last two, mm-hmm. I think I've just seen gigantic gains in popularity and I don't see any reason that's going to stop. I think that will continue. Um, as, as the sport gains more viewership and more interest. Um, it, it's just a great time for our sport.
0: It is and with, uh, with added attention comes some added scrutiny and I'm going to scrutinize things a little bit here, maybe unfairly. I know I'm talking to a, a voter on the, on the AVCA coaches poll. Um, the poll came out this week. The Boilermakers were up to 16, which is a great spot to be in up to 15, uh, in the most recent RPI. Um, one thing that was confusing to me as a fan was you have head to head wins over the three teams ahead of you in the coaches poll, including Penn State two days ago, three days ago. Um, it's sort of, it's, it's an odd thing. I know coaches a, a lot of times will say polls, polls are a snapshot. They don't really matter how you're doing, how you do at the end of the season is what matters. But did that confuse you at all when you, when that came out on Monday afternoon?
1: No. Um, I think it's a body of work. Okay. You know, I do think you have to put more emphasis on what's happened lately. But I do think that the entire season matters. And when I think people look at the losses that we had, uh, one to Loyola, who's about 70 RPI, but will continue to improve because I think they won 11 in a row, yeah. which is why we scheduled them, was because we knew that they were going to win a lot of matches this year. Um, but we lost that one in five, first weekend of the season. Um, and then we lost a match to Northwestern. I'm just mentioning those two because those are the lowest two losses on as far as RPI, and I think – Northwestern is around 60 RPI, and so I think people look at that and say those are those are not good losses for a team that is trying to get a top 16 uh, bid. Um, but then you can also look at you know some other matches, and I think Nebraska is the number one team in the country, and um, we we were nose to nose with them mm-hmm. um, through five sets. Uh, you got the win over. You know, Kansas, Kentucky, Penn State, um, and then some other top 25. I think, we're, I think we're five and two against top 25 in the RPI. So at the end of the day, the people that do the the real computing, which is the committee, um, they're going to pay more attention to the RPI than they're going to to anything else. And right now we're not that far apart between RPI and our, our ranking. So I, I was not surprised by that. And those three teams you're talking about, I had them all ranked ahead of us in the, in the poll that I submitted.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, That's good to know. That's why I ask. I know if, if I had that question, a lot of our viewers and listeners probably had a similar question. So it's good to get that explanation. And so everyone knows I completely blindsided coach with that question. He did not know it was coming. Yeah.
1: Well, that's um, kind of the way it works here on, on live. It it is.
0: It is. We like to, uh, we like to keep things, Keep everybody on their toes. And, and you don't know this is coming either. Uh, we're going to wrap it up with a, a really fun thing. You had your annual, what's become an annual tradition, the Halloween practice earlier this week. Uh, folks can go to social media to see some of the really, really fun outfits that some of your players um, sported on, uh, on Tuesday, I believe it was, for the Halloween practice. Talk about sort of how that came to be and, and why that's important to you to do.
1: Oh, I'm not sure that it is that important for me to do. Okay. But um, we we had a really, really good deal about three or four years ago, um, kind of coming off of the COVID deal. And and uh, we had uh, Halloween and everybody, including the, the old ball coach, um, you know, was was dressed in Halloween costumes. And we just felt like at that point in time, it was a good thing to do um, to kind of make sure we were enjoying the experience. And players like to do it. For some reason, they just love to dress up for Halloween. It's it's become a, a much bigger deal than it was when I was uh, their age. Uh, but they like to do it and they had some great costumes. I thought that the Wizard of Oz theme was, was particularly impressive that was portrayed by our, our freshman class. And we had some Smurfs and a lot of different things out there. But it was it's fun. We don't actually practice the whole time with that. Right. We let them go out and play a little mm-hmm. bit of four-on-four, four or whatever else, just so they can get a photo shoot as necessary. But then what I was more pleased with was just how quickly they shifted gears and got focused on preparing for our next match and having a good practice because it was a really good practice last night.
0: That's important, and that's one thing about having – Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to get ready for a Thursday night match is maybe it afforded you a, a little bit of, you know, 15 minutes that you can spare for, for uh, some fun and to, to let the girls have that release. That's, that's really awesome. Also, your grew costume a few years ago was, I can see why you haven't dressed up since because it was the ultimate mic drop. There's no, can't need. Beat,
1: yeah, hard to, hard to beat that. What a, what a great matchup I was for that, for that guy, you know, two really, really fine looking people.
0: Absolutely. Folks, uh, if you want to see the full video, we're going to try and get some of it uh, here for the show. But The full video is available on social media. Um, I know uh, our, our communications uh, sports information director, I'm not sure what our official title is, but Rachel Ko, You Coe know, does a great job of, of making sure that that all gets shared with, with folks so they can see the good time you're having in addition to, to getting ready for the Gophers.
1: It's been a it's been a really good season so far and our our people, both Rachel and who's our other guy, I always forget Morgan <laughs> uh, Morgan is is our videographer that travels with us everywhere and is the first person off the bus throwing suitcases off the bus wherever we're at. just does an incredible incredible job both of them do. So we're really lucky to have that. And I don't know why I was forgetting Morgan's name, but it just seems to be the thing I do.
0: Morgan Landis. She's been with the team for several seasons now and does a great job, uh, no doubt about it. That might
1: have something to do with how old the ball coach is. Yeah, maybe. um, She's, she's great. um, Our our support staff is off the chart. Um, And I try to remind our athletes that all the great things that they have here at Purdue, but nothing more important than the people. Um, I also talked to him after we played Penn state and, uh, we played at Happy Valley, got on an airplane to come back at 4 o'clock, and 5.35, we're, we're landed in, in, uh, at the Purdue Airport in West Lafayette. So it's a pretty good setup to have, and we're very thankful for those uh, benefits that the university provides for us.
0: That's that's awesome, and and always good to to be appreciative of that, and and give credit uh, where it's due. And there's there's a lot of credit, there's a lot of folks, you know, behind the scenes that uh, make this gigantic machine work, and mm-hmm. and uh, to show gratitude is is always a great thing. And that's that's something. I guess all, you'd all be
1: in. one of them too, Corey. I guess we should certainly slap you on the back as well. For Not at all. all Not at all. You, I... you are a behind the scenes guy, although right now you're kind of out in front on camera. But for the most, <laughs> yeah, part I've got a face really, for like, radio. So behind the scenes guy. <laughs> And uh, but anyway, we're look, really looking forward to that match on Thursday. I think it will be a, a crucial match for us as far as how far we can climb up in this Big Ten uh, chase. Because yep. um, I think the team we're playing is thinking the exact same thing. So it, it should be a real, real, real good good contest. No
0: doubt. Seven o'clock Thursday on the Big Ten Network. Uh, Rachel did jump in to uh, to let us know during the break. Tickets are available on on secondary. Uh, ticket sites. Uh, so, so check those out if, if you want to go. Also, if you're in the Lafayette area, Huff Hall is a, an hour and a half drive away. Maybe you can get some tickets over there to see the Boilermakers and support your team.
1: Dave, yeah, we always have, a, always have a great turnout at Huff Hall. Yeah. And I, I think that we'll have some students that will be uh, involved heading over there. And a lot of local people will make that trip and probably get a stop at the Beef House on the way over. Uh, so it can be a very enjoyable trip, especially if the Boilers play well and can find a way to win.
0: Absolutely. We're looking forward to two great matches and hopefully two wins to talk about next week.
1: Okay. Thanks, Corey.
0: Thanks, Dave.